I'm Abhijat Saraswath, and this is Fringe Legal, a collection of conversations with innovators on how to put ideas into practice. Each episode is a conversation with a changemaker who shares their ideas, insights, and lessons from the journey. Education lags behind innovation. That thought has circled in my mind all this week, and it was timely that a good friend and a disruptor launched an offering to challenge the status quo. When thinking about training for legal professionals, often the focus is on the substantive law. Yes, that's important, but in practice, there is a lot more than knowing the law which makes a lawyer effective, especially in the in-house setting. On this episode, we speak with Kudus to explore the anti-CPD, which aims to take the necessary evil of the CPD and turn it on its head to something that's engaging and people actually want to take part in. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Kudus Prashafi. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Fringe Legal. I'm excited for our guest today, Kudus Prashafi. Kudus, you may recognize if you spend time on social media or follow one of his many activities online. He has written profusely on the future of law. Part of the reason I wanted to have Kudus on today was he's just launched a new venture called NTCPD. The name alone captured my attention. And really, I wanted to get the backstory behind what it is, why it exists, and what the impact of the program is. Kudus, thanks so much for coming on. Thanks so much for having me. I guess a good place to start would be for anyone who may not be familiar with NTCPD, since it's maybe a week old or so as of the date of this recording. What is it? What's the intent behind it? Yeah, so look, anti-CBD in its simplest form is a training business. We're looking at providing a training service for in-house lawyers to fulfill their CPD requirements. Now, CPD, depending on jurisdiction, sometimes I think in America they use CLE. Mm-hmm. There's different acronyms. The point being the mandatory training that's required, anti-CBD. Now, the reason why we called it that is uh, that's the thing that stood out to you. And so it's done its job, but it also reflects the flavor for us um, and for me, myself and my business partner there, you and you're quite familiar that I'm quite sometimes provocative about the direction we want to be heading in and things we need to be doing. And anti-CBD is an iteration of that with a specific focus on training. Essentially, we want it to be the most anti-CPD, CPD training you've ever seen. And, and I think, you know, if we just build on that idea, I think everyone is listening probably gets it immediately. CBD is one of the least favorite activities of any lawyer, right? It's something that must be done, but no one particularly enjoys that period of time or, uh, you know, if it's spread throughout the year, most people tick it off. It's a checkbox item. And it's now that it's virtual and pre-recorded, people can freely fall asleep rather than pretend to fall asleep (laughs) during sessions. So that that's one aspect that we wanted to completely blow out the water. What's the intrinsic motivation, right? A lot of CBD is based on substantive law, keeping yourself up to date and fresh. But then the way that's been the way that's been delivered and the way it's been executed on is run of the mill. After after your first few years as a lawyer, you're gonna really feel like, yeah, this is gonna be the same thing for the next fifteen years with slight variation. Yeah, and oftentimes the other, I guess, the other main point is that because it's mostly substantive law, we're looking at the partner or some legal expert, legal experts. As good as they are, they're not necessarily well-versed in training. They're not well-versed in presenting in workshops and facilitating. It, it, I think it's quite fair to say that most people feel familiar with the idea that you're going to be talked at for an hour when you think about CPD rather than actually 
be involved in something that's a little more interactive. So that's where we're going here. So what we're doing here is saying, um, we're going to do the opposite of that and in, and in several ways, right? So first of all, the aim is to be fringe, fresh, relevant, and engaging. We actually will not be touching substantive law. Mm. So what we are focusing on is everything else that makes a lawyer whole besides the very niche specific technical legal specific areas of law that you may be practicing, may or may not be practicing. And right. so for an in-house lawyer specifically, that the substantive law isn't as relevant, is it as relevant as let's say some of the other skills that are more business oriented or right. let's say more people oriented or even things like cybersecurity. Do we understand the risk? Do we understand right. what it is? How are we conducting ourselves? So there, there are lots of different things that are outside of just specific substantive law that makes a lawyer effective, whether it's in-house or private practice. Our focus is in-house for now. Sure. But yeah, essentially that's what it is. We are, we're looking at that interactive, relevant training. We are bringing in global experts that are experts in their own fields. So because it's so soft skill focused, the people that are coming, their experts are external mm -hmm. to the law specifically. And, um, we need, we know that needs a little bit of onboarding and curating. So our role in that CBD is to curate those workshops and trainings. Yeah. I want to dig into some of those things in, in a lot more detail. Mm -hmm. you, you're right though. I remember from my days when I was qualifying in the UK, CPD was a necessary evil of the qualification process and what you had to do after you got qualified. It, it's something that you're like, okay, what are my requirements? And it's the same thing. I've spoken to, to attorneys here in the US and everywhere else in the world. And I've yet to meet a person who is CPD. I'm so excited for this, for this <laughs> CPD course. No one cares. It's just like, I have to do this. Um, I, I have a thought, uh, which will come out in the, in the future newsletter, which is education generally lags behind innovation. And innovation doesn't have to be, we come up with the best new platform or whatever else it is. It's actually balancing incremental improvements with disrupted change. Yeah. And it's finding that balance. And you know, it's really great to hear that your focus is on practical skills required to excel at your role, because there are some core knowledge that you need. And that's, I guess, a substantive law area, right? You need to understand the basics of contracts and tort and all of those other things. And then maybe there's a place and a time to get top ups on that. But really, how often are you leveraging those skills versus where you could actually go and spend time learning a skill from a professional from outside of industry? that's going to help you in your day-to-day -day as an in-house individual. And that's the challenge as well. The way you're painting the picture, it still requires a lot of work, right? It requires a lot of curation, like to actually find experts yeah. outside. But how do then do you curate what they know to what's relevant for lawyers in an in-house setting? And that's where Anti-CBD done the work for you. In that sense, we're really taking the lead there. And I think it's something to take pride in. Mm. You know, the brand aligns with the founders. This is our attitude and you've known me for a while and anyone who's read some of the stuff, I'm always pushing forward. So this is just another way that's very commercially oriented, very clear, still makes the impact, but it makes no apologies about which direction we need to be heading in and right. how we impact this. And I really like that you focused on education because that's always been a central tenant to mm. my entire thesis for the last three years has been, yeah. that's the only way we facilitate changes through education. It's a bit of a full circle moment, but we've really feel we've nailed the need. The particular offering yeah. is very clear. It is needed. It's already, it's not something that needs to be justified from a yeah. budget perspective. You're already spending on it, but it's also a big problem. Like you said, like you, no one ever looked forward to doing this yeah. and so much more can be done with it. I, you know, t tussled with the idea of 
education. So what does that mean? Do I have to work with the university? Do I need to build a course? What do I do? And this has been a, a beautiful balance. Um, and we're quite happy with the responses we're receiving already because it is clearly product market fit. It's, it's solving an issue that people have. And I, I know you've run workshops in the past that have been well, and your point earlier was absolutely correct, which is there are different skills required in facilitating a workshop and in engaging individuals through audio, video, in this kind of scene or otherwise. And it takes time. It takes a dedicated effort to get better at that. And just because you have experience being a lawyer or a barrister and an advocacy does not mean that you're going to be the best workshop facilitator. So I think that's really important. Talk to me a little bit more about the topics and what I saw on on the site, anticpd.com for anyone who wants to follow along is you have different areas like productivity, technology, teamwork, all of these things. And I know you mentioned that you curate these topics. What I loved automatically was that these are short sprints. Right. I think the shortest is two mm. weeks from what I saw and the longest, the, the businessy anti-CPD M- MBA, I think was yeah. uh, eight weeks long. So it doesn't require ridiculous commitment, but you're looking for, and I'm, please tell me if I'm wrong, you're looking for quick delivery of information that's going to provide value more immediately than something you learn and you just forget. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Look, education is a continuum. It's a process. Mm. It's not a product. We did actually deliberate. It wasn't the initial format we had chosen. We did have initially 90 minute, four hour, half day, full day. And to, to an extent to the right client, that could still be a possibility depending on how they want to do things. But we found that this format actually is the most suitable for in-house specifically. Because in-house is, we, we did some work with a, a Euro, European distribution partner, mm-hmm. which it's not official yet. So I can't really say who it is and what what's going on. Sure. But they, they had a lot of information about how people would like to receive their CPD, especially as company lawyers or in-house lawyers. And this is, this sort of aligns both with that empirical data, but also the, the, the broader concept of education being a process rather than a product. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to look at that's let's pick one, like decision-making or something or technology, right. right? Change management, you know, what you could absorb in a four, half day session is not even close to what, what could be done in four, four 90 minute sessions per week. Right. And four 90 minute sessions per week is a healthy sort of, I'm at work, I'm doing stuff that's relevant to work, but it, it's not going away from all these deadline based things that we need to get done and all these things. So yeah, there is this beautiful thing about it being a process and then building, building a format around that so that people can spread it out over the year. They don't need to do it is currently happening, which is a month before it's due. Everyone, yep. uh, the GC says, all right, everyone get your CPD, hurry up. <laughs> yep. We need to take this part. Yeah. Yeah. So these topics that, as you think about skills required for future lawyer and future undetermined timescale, do you think these are some of the core skills that most lawyers, if not all lawyers should have some level of competency in? The way we've approached this is it's funny because you're really appealing to my sort of vision, sort of broad horizon side <laughs> of me, which I can go off on that tangent or we can have lots of fun there. But the business is very focused. It's very focused on we're not touching the whole future of law thing in the sense sure. of in the sense of as far as I'd like it to go. But it's been really tamed and focused down into what's relevant now. Yes, what's relevant in the future, but also, right. yeah, the focus is 
understanding the broader business unit as well. Something I probably need to share is that my business partner is a, you know, very successful entrepreneur who's also legally trained, but more of a business person than let's say a a lawyer in their day to day. He's very much an entrepreneur. He's exited multiple times. Hmm. So he, and he's also worked in house. So, you know, so, so understanding the issues of how in-house interacts with the broader business unit, what the business actually needs from in-house. Yeah. All these sorts of things are probably more of the focus of how we've lays it into this. Uh, we're both very much more business-minded than we are, let's say, legally-minded, even though we have the technical skills. So for us, it's yeah. about understanding that we're actually serving the lawyers in-house, but we're actually broadly serving the entire business, right? It, it's yeah, just it's, it's present-day skills, but it's focused on like serving something that'll be useful in the future too. Exactly. And another way to say that would be it's looking at the whole of the lawyer because Mm -hmm. that's what businesses need. And frankly, that's where uh, I would assume my statement is that the lawyers have begrudgingly accepted the separation between them and the broader business unit. If there was this sort of mutual understanding between the (laughs) lawyers would very much want to be considered. The GC wouldn't want to be the only, only putting the fires out. It would be this idea of Actually, we can not just be only the people who are looking at risk, but looking at strategy and what what could win, what can actually be a revenue generator rather than a revenue killer or something. Yeah, for sure. I'm assuming you've had some sort of a market test, right? So people have gone through an early iteration of this. So what were some of the feedbacks? How was it received? And I asked that tongue in cheek because I, I would imagine I could guess what the reaction was. I want to hear it from the horse's mouth. So the feedback's been generally positive. As I mentioned, it's a pretty low bar currently, so it's very easy to excel. They like the format. It's easy. It's live. Yeah, the feedback's been good. I think there's still tweaking involved and, and it's an ongoing process, but that's the beauty of it. We're going to continue to improve this. Um, yeah, people are very positive responding to this. We I should speak to also the tiers, right? There's two clear tiers that we have at the moment. Um, and, one, and that's partly to, to justify all of the admin required to put these things together, because mm-hmm. one thing is very clear, we're not doing pre-recorded workshops. Right. So then there's no, there's not watch a video. It's all right. live and it is virtual first. However, we're very much open to people wanting in-person yeah. events or things that can be done. Yeah. And I know you've only just launched, right? So depending on when this episode comes out, it'll be somewhere within a matter of days to maybe weeks. But what are you planning in the sort of near term, right? It seems like and knowing you, I know this is going to be an iterative approach where you're incrementally and maybe substantially improving the program as you go on based on feedback. Actually, one of the questions, I guess, would be, is this tied to a jurisdiction or is this a global thing? Yes. The beauty of it is global. So that's probably that. Should just say that off the bat. It is global in approach. Our approach has been less of a cold email mark, direct marketing. It's been more through partnerships because it's a very clear structure generally with when yeah. it comes to who has the authority to deliver CPD or CLE in a jurisdiction or yeah. most of them are self-reported. So it's quite easy to get involved, but there are lots of bars, associations mm. that, that sort of deal with these sorts of things. So we've gone through that approach. It is global. So anyone who's listening, feel free to come to the website and have a look and uh, inquire further. What's the plan for the future? So look, we, we're getting started, as you mentioned. For us, we've curated a set of workshops, which we are now going to watch closely to see which ones, are, I guess, are getting picked up more, which one are more necessary, yeah. in which areas, or maybe by jurisdiction, things will change. We actually have already refined twice 
two particular key topics came up, one around diversity that we we are now working on, figuring out how do we introduce that as a course, because that's it. We're going to be responsive and reflexive to what the market actually wants. But yeah, that's the general idea. We have 20 there. That's a good starting point. Mm -hmm. We don't expect, personally, we don't expect that all 20 of them become, you know, the star courses that everyone wants. (laughs) So there will be a, there will be refinement along the way and it will be on, you know, as we go. So we've got to give it a bit of time, but also yep. within three months or six months, we'll know very clearly what's working, what's not. And the other thing we have discussed a lot at Anti-CBD is that part of the ethos of being fresh, fringe and engaging is we have, a, we have an idea or a plan to rotate per season. So almost no course may stay for more than a year or two, right. depending on how they do. It's this idea of looking at our client base and saying, you know, this is not a transactional business. This is something where people engage in it. They, they receive a service they really like. It's effective because of what we're claiming that we want to be doing. Yeah. And they believe that, they see that, they realize that, they enjoy the benefits of that. But that could obviously get very stale second year, third year on when they go, we've already done these courses. So, yeah. so part of our ethos is that, yeah, we may, these courses may rotate quite often, or let's say on a yearly basis, we'll continue to iterate and build courses that are reflexive to the market that we intend. Because like I said, it's a, it's not a transactional business. It's something we know people will always need every year mm-hmm. um, or throughout the year. And so we're very responsive to clients, especially enterprise ones that, that would want a more bespoke situation. And they may want something that we haven't even got on there, but they, yeah. but they like the way that we're delivering it. And I think that's part of the value of anti-CBD as well. Awesome. Yeah, I'm going to certainly be keeping tabs on this to see how well it progresses in the future. If people want to find out more or get in touch, I'll certainly include your LinkedIn. And otherwise, where can they go to find out more? Yeah, anticbd.com, as it's spelled, anticbd, no dash, no anything in between. And yeah, LinkedIn, reach out to me, um, inbox, whatever you'd like. I'm ready to have a conversation. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks, buddy. So that's it for today. I hope you enjoyed listening to that conversation as much as I did recording it. If you found this episode entertaining, then please share this episode with at least one other person. That really helps us grow and enables us to have more awesome discussions in the future. The show was produced for Fringe Legal by yours truly, Abhijat Saraswat. And special thanks to our guest today. Until next time, stay well.